This is a Capricorn FM podcast. The Center for Child Law has sent a reminder to all schools across the country about the Pagamisa Judgment, which provides that no child should be excluded from access to education based on the lack of documentation and more specifically ID documents or birth certificates in cases where learners are younger. And we're talking this morning to the attorney, an attorney at the Center for Child Law, Stanley Malimacha. Good morning. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Morning. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yes, compliments for the new season. Now, uh, this issue we're looking at this morning, for someone who hasn't heard of the Pakamisa judgment, please take us through the judgment quickly and and why it's very important um, in the call out or a reminder that the center is sending to Mm. schools. Okay. uh, Thanks for that question. So the Pagamisa judgment are formerly known as uh, the Center for Child Law and and others versus the Minister of Basic Education. So this is a a judgment that comes out of the um, the Makanda High Court and it was uh, granted in, in 2019. So essentially, the case uh, was about 37 children and um, hundreds alike uh, like them who did not, um, or rather who were excluded from public schools because they were not documented. Now, the the case in itself affected two main groups of children. Firstly, South African children who, for various reasons, um, have been unable to obtain a birth certificate. And the second uh, category is uh, children of non-nationals who did not have permit um, entitling them to reside in the country and most of them who do not um, have birth certificate. So the Eastern Cape High Court um, found that, you know, the right to basic education as enshrined in Section 29, Subsection 1, Paragraph A of the Constitution is unqualified and it is unconditional and it is immediately realizable. So what the court did basically was to reaffirm that the right to access to basic education is not dependent on the availability of um, any proof of identification, a birth certificate or an ID. Okay. Is it is it a common thing that schools would turn back a learner due to lack of identification documents? Um, you know, TJ Complexion, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a common thing, but at the Centre for Child Law, year in, year out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we really do get um, queries of that nature where um, a child is denied access into a public school uh, because that child does not um, have a birth certificate. So I think year in, year out, we still see the, the same thing. But um, what I can say is that since 2019, since the parameter judgment, yeah. and up until to this state where we are, you know, the, the, the queries have sort of like um, reduced um, in magnitude and in size uh, because I think now, the, the, you know, the Department of Education has sort of like filtered down the information uh, to the relevant stakeholders, this be your, your principals and your, your administrators at the schools who deal with um, ad, um, admissions uh, of learners. Yeah. Okay. And maybe let's look, is there is there maybe a particular type of learner, um, for example, who is more prone to this kind of treatment or, or rejection from schools? For example, if, if a foreigner, and so if you maybe mm. a foreigner and so forth, or do South Africans mm. also uh, are subjected to, to this kind of treatment? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, I, I think that is a, that is a good question. And, and, and the, the, the court, the, 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 the judges did touch on that question when they, you know, they, they made it clear that actually this case affects, 
you know, two categories of children, as I stated earlier on. This will be a child born of South African parents, but for some reason or the other, this child does not have a birth certificate. Then the other category of children um, will be uh, children of non-nationals who do not have the, uh, you know, the required uh, documents um, in order to reside in the country. So the this issue of, um, you know, admission into public schools on the basis of a um, birth certificate or the birth records of the child, it actually it, it cuts across the board. It doesn't discriminate between whether this child is of a foreign national or whether this child is of a South African national. For the mere fact that the child does not have a birth certificate, then those children uh, would be affected. But, uh, you know, luckily after the Pagamisa judgment, it has just made it clear that when it comes to access to basic education, that right is immediately realizable and it is not qualified. So when you're talking about qualified rights, it's those rights that will have a condition into it. Like, you know, for example, the right to further um, education. It will say that everyone has a right to further education dependent on the availability of resources. You see there's a condition. But when it comes to the right to basic education, that one does not have a condition. And therefore, we cannot make the availability of death records or, or documentation as a condition to that. Okay, I think you've done exceptionally well in explaining the Paramisa judgment to us. But Center for Child Law, what sort of cases mm. do you welcome? Are you only dealing with, you know, where there's lack of ident- identity documents, birth certificates, mm. or there are some instances mm. where maybe a child was turned back because they did not have the stationery that they needed? Uh, no, we haven't had a case where a child was turned away because uh, they, they did not have a stationery. Uh, stationary. Uh, but uh, at the Center for Child Law, we, we focus on strategic litigation. And uh, by strategic litigation, um, we take on those cases where there's a problem with the law. For example, with the Paganisa case, this was, uh, you know, this was a secular by the Department of Basic Education. It was a policy. Their policy stated that only children who have death certificates can be admitted into public schools. Now, can you see that there's a problem with policy? So that those are the type of cases that we deal with. We also... You know, on a, on a day, day-to-day basis, we, we provide advice on, on various cases, every case that involves um, children's rights. Uh, that, that's what, what, what we deal with. And just to take uh, back to, to, to our conversation, when it comes to children who are turned away or who are excluded or who are removed uh, from a public school on the basis of, of, of lack of documentation, uh, what we normally do is that we, uh, you know, we write letters to the Department of Education and just remind them about uh, the Pagamisa judgment. And also, on the other hand, what we do is that once the child is in school, we also advise the parent to take the necessary steps to ensure that the child is documented. Because, you know, some parents, once they see the child is in school, they sort of like just relax and they think it's the end of it, mm-hmm. not knowing that it is actually very important uh, to have your child uh, documented so that at a later stage they sure. can also, you know, be able to apply for their ID and move further with their, you know, higher education and so forth. Sure. So briefly, as we part ways, do you only cater for new learners or, you know, are you are you open to all sort of cases that are related to identification documents and birth certificates or litigation? And also, where do parents take these issues? Uh, no, so we don't only cater for, for new learners. This, this, this issue is also picked up in the Paganista case. Uh, when it comes to, um, you know, access to basic education for undocumented children, remember there will be those children who are 
applying for the first time, let's say a child is going to grade one, sure. of course that will be a new learner, right? Mm. Then you might have, there, there are those certain schools whereby they would admit the child into grade one, um, but when the child is supposed to progress to the next grade, being grade two, uh, the child will be given problems such as you need to bring your birth certificate, otherwise we won't allow you to continue here. So there, there are, there's more than two categories of this children. So they are the new learners, they are those who are removed from school on the basis of, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, um, uh, lack of, uh, of uh, documentation. Yeah. So we cater for, for all those categories. Uh, if the issue is about access to basic education without documentation. We cater for those. And also what we do um, to the school principal, sometimes we write directly to the school principals because in the parameter judgment, the court actually directed school principals to accept alternative proof of identity. This can be um, an affidavit or a son uh, statement deposed by the parent, guardian, or caregiver of that learner, wherein that parent or guardian or caregiver fully describes the child. So if the child does not have a death certificate, but the parent does, in order for the child, you know, in order for the principal to be, uh, to be able to carry out their duties as per, as per the order, is that the parent must just go to a police station, write an affidavit where they fully describe the child. For example, I am the mother of child A and B who was born on this day. This child is such and such years old. You know, just something that the principal can have that they right. this is something that fully identifies the child. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us. Very thorough in your explanation. Attorney at the Center for Child Law, Stan Limalimach. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.